This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 18th, 2018. Battleground for Prayer, The Heart of Prayer, given by disciple member Stephanie Griffin. Our Father, who art in heaven. Yes. Our Father, who art in heaven. Yes. What is it that you want? Don't interrupt me. I, I'm praying. Okay. But you called me. Called who? I, I, I didn't call you. I'm just praying. So, our Father, who art in heaven. There. 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 You did it again. Did what? Called me. You said, our Father, who art in heaven, well, here I am. What's on your mind? Um, nothing. I was just saying the Lord's Prayer like I always do. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Go on. Okay. <laughs> um... Hallowed be thy name. Hold it. Hold it. What exactly do you mean by that? Mean by what? Hallowed be thy name. I don't really know. It's just kind of part of the prayer. <laughs> well, just so you know, it means revered, honored, holy, and set apart. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. Thanks. Um, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Uh, sure, why not? It doesn't seem like it. Um, what do you mean? Are you doing what I want or what you want? I go to church. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's so much more than that. What about your bad temper and your lies? And what about the way you spend money all on yourself and those books you read and that music you listen to? And Okay, so I haven't quite thought of it like that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, so I guess I'm a little self-centered and I do make some bad choices. I guess I could make some changes. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, good. Okay. We can do this together. Okay. Okay. Can I just need to finish this thing. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. About the bread. About the bread. You could cut some of that out, you know. A moment on the lips, forever on the hips. Okay. <laughs> so... What is this? Like, criticize Lindsay Day, a new holiday? Awesome. Um, so I'm just sitting here trying to say the Lord's Prayer, your prayer, and you go and pipe in and remind me of all the things I'm not doing so well. So, Lindsay, you need to understand that prayer can be dangerous. You could wind up changed. You called me, and here I am. Besides, it's too late to stop now. Keep on praying. I can't wait to hear what comes next. Next. 
Oh. <laughs> I'm Go ahead. Keep going. I'm scared. Why? Why? Uh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Try me. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against wait, us. Wait, wait, What about Mary? Ah! I knew you'd bring her up. Lord, she's told lies about me. She, she's treated me more like a friend than an enemy. And she borrowed my new gold earrings and never returned them. But what about you and what did you say in that prayer? Uh, I didn't mean it. It was just a prayer. Well, at least you're honest. Do you enjoy carrying around all that bitterness? No, but I just need to tell her off, and then I will feel so much better. No, 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 you won't. You'll feel worse. Revenge isn't sweet. It will only make you more unhappy than you already are, and I can change all that for you. You need to forgive Mary. Then I will forgive you. You'll be free of all this burden you'd be carrying. You may lose those earrings, but you'll regain your heart. I guess you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. So, I forgive Mary. Oh. And could you forgive me for not being so kind and, and, and not loving towards her? And could you help her find her way towards you, the right way towards you? That's great. That's great. <sighs> now, how do you feel? I feel good, actually. <laughs> I'm surprised. I feel good. <sighs> All right. So, maybe... Oh, now that I feel better. Maybe I'll sleep a little bit better and I won't be so on edge around her all the time. Um, you're not through with your prayer. Go on. Oh. Um, where was I at, Lord? And lead us not in temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Good, good. I can, I can do that. Okay. Just help me out by steering clear of temptation. Like what? Change some of your thinking. Mm -hmm. Those thoughts can lead you down the wrong path. The grass isn't always greener like you sometimes think. And don't use me as your escape hatch. I don't understand. Sure you do. You do it all the time. You make a bad choice, get in a bad situation, and then come running to me asking for help, saying you'll never do it again. How many times has that happened? All right, I do it a lot and too many times. Um, I just, I figured if I just said the Lord's Prayer, you'd forgive me, and, and I could do what I wanted to do, and then you would just bail me out? Well, maybe. Go ahead and finish your prayer. <sighs> okay. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you have any idea what would bring me glory or what would bring me joy? No. But I would like to. I am clearly a mess on my own. But I, I want to serve you. I, I want to know what makes you happy. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. Oh. 
What you just said will bring me joy and bring me glory. That's awesome. It brings me joy too. Amen. Amen. my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. I, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Hannah. Nowhere in one single place in the Bible can we find such a large measure of heartfelt prayer to God as we do in the Psalms. Within the pages of the Psalms, we find the hearts of different individuals crying out, including cries for help, confession, invitation, reflections, spoken trust, righteousness, judgment, deliverance, guidance, rejoicing, thanksgiving, praise, exaltation and references to Jesus, the Messiah. A formal study may categorize the Psalms with words like historic Psalms, nature Psalms, pilgrim Psalms. And then we can also find studies that will take a look at how the Psalms are arranged. But in our focus on prayer during this Lenten season, we will look at the content, the prayer-filled essence of what we find in the Psalms as we take a look at the heart of prayer. Will you pray with me? And as we pray, let's use the words of nearer my God to thee to pray to God today. Will you join me? Nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. Sing with me. Even though it be a cross that raiseth me, still all my song shall be nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer, my God, to thee, nearer to thee. Yes, Lord, that's our prayer. And I pray that with the Holy Spirit power and anointing, you would come into this place on this weak vessel, that I would speak your words for your people in Christ's name. Amen. The Psalms. Doesn't take long, once you're in the pages of the Psalms, to see all the avenues of the human condition. Dr. J. Vernon McGee, a famous pastor and theologian, said the Psalms record deeper devotion, intense feeling, exalted emotion, and dark dejection. They express the deep feelings of all believing hearts in all generations. 
just like all of Scripture, the Psalms are for all of us. These poetic writings, many of them songs, can be found in the middle of our Bibles. As part of the Holy Scripture, we believe these are written by the Holy Spirit. They're God-inspired, working through man. Many people were used in the writing of the Psalms. Asaph, sons of Korah, Solomon, Moses, Hezekiah, and others. But one man wrote about half of the Psalms, David. A man who the Bible says is one after God's own heart. Taking a look at David and using the Psalms as context, we continue our series on the battle plan for prayer with the heart of prayer. Last week, we looked at how and when to pray. We learned that we can and should both schedule prayer and pray without ceasing, that continuous conversation with God ongoing throughout the day. We talked about prayer being as natural to us as breathing. Kendrick Brothers, in their book, The Battle Plan for Prayer, explain that getting alone with God is one way of saying, I choose you above others. I want to seek and know you and hear from you more than anyone else. The Psalms reaching out to God and acknowledgement of God make them a wonderful resource for our prayers and our walk with God. Many of them, especially those of King David, truly show the essence of a personal relationship with God and a closeness with him that can inspire us and encourage us. For our purposes of taking a closer look at the Psalms today, we're going to categorize them in five L words of how they relate to the heart of prayer. The first one is L for leaning. This refers to the lines of the Psalms, which indicate bending toward or leaning into God. Some of the Psalms speak prayers of questioning as they lean in. Words such as, how long? Or, why, God? Why are you so far away? How long will the wicked celebrate? David asks in Psalm 13, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? You know, I, I love what Charles Spurgeon says about David. Spurgeon was a famous preacher from the 1800s. He said, whenever you look into David's Psalms, you may somewhere or another see yourselves. You never get into a corner, but you find David in that corner. I think that I was never so low that I could not find that David was lower. And I never climbed so high that I could not find that David was up above me, ready to sing his song upon his stringed instrument, even as I could sing mine. David often found, it him, found himself in the direst of circumstances. He had people threatening him, chasing him, gunning for his life. How long, he cries. Perhaps that is you today, asking, how long? Or, why, God? Questioning why you are in a given circumstance. The important thing to notice is that David takes his questions to God, the one who created all 
and knows all. For me, one of the biggest questions I often have is, how long until your word comes true? And then I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit that his word is always true. Every minute and every moment. So time then with the Lord is not a factor. I had one prayer of mine answered after about five years. Another one I had answered some months ago after about 17 years. And my heart is quite full with prayers and questions, some there for over 30 years. But in all the time that I've been walking with him, I've always found him to be faithful and that I can continue to trust him and his answers and his time by leaning into him. Leaning also involves a longing and a pressing toward, pressing in to seek him and to know him better. In the psalm that Hannah started reading for us today, David exclaims that he will seek the Lord in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Throughout the Psalms, we read many two-word expressions of leaning. Things such as, rescue me, restore me, help me, save me, search me, teach me. Do you sense that aspect of leaning in? One of my favorite two words expressions in the scripture is cause me. David writes in Psalm 143, 8, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. I love to pray this scripture because I know I'm prone to wander. And when I pray this, it's as if I'm asking God to take me by the chin and turn me to him. Cause me to know you. When will we come to the end of ourselves, realizing that our own strength isn't enough? Will we then finally lean on God? Who here knows it's best to seek him first, up front, <laughs> right away? Oh, we save ourselves so much trouble. So what is our posture? Are we leaning into God or are we leaning away from him, avoiding him, hiding from him like Adam and Eve in the garden when their eyes were opened and they were aware of their sin? Or perhaps we are neutral, ambivalent, not leaning one way or the other, just Neutral. The good news is that the Lord says in Psalm 148, he is near to all who call upon him in truth. That means to those who are leaning into him for his truth. Let's press in to know him, to seek, to ask, to knock. When we do this, then we come to our second L word. The second aspect we find in the Psalms is learning. This represents the revelation of God when he reveals to us and teaches us. In the pages of these prayers, God teaches us about our own sinfulness and our own need for him. We're also reminded of what he has done in the past, his faithfulness. 
which is an attribute of his character. It is in this learning that we get greater glimpses of who he is and who we are. Like David, we understand that we come to him as sinners, and there is no one who does right, not even one, Psalm 14.3. And he is a holy God. A fire goes before him. Psalm 97 verse 5 says, The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. We ought not lose sight that many of the great men and women of God, when encountering the Lord's presence, or even just his angels, fell on their knees before the Lord, fell on their faces trembling, needing to be told, do not be afraid. What, what kind of God is this? Moses, Isaiah, Mary, John, all needed to be reassured in his presence. If our minds could contain all God is fiercely majestic and holy, then we would know the great mercy he has shown us that we can be saved from God's wrath to come if we are in Christ. The Psalms speak of God's judgment. Psalm 76, 8 and 9 proclaims, You caused judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment to save all the humble of the earth. The Kendrick brothers likened approaching God in our sinfulness to a popsicle trying to approach the sun. They stay true to the gospel message and to the cross when they write, only through Christ are we safe with God. When we get a revelation, a learning of just how powerful and awesome he is in splendor and majesty and holiness, we understand then what a loving thing it is that he gives us an open door to himself through Jesus. We who come as sinners, as the great late evangelist Billy Graham so often implored us to come just as I am, we can have a relationship with God. All of this is possible because he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and be both saved and safe in the arms of the Almighty. Which brings us to the third word. We find in Psalms the heart cry and the need for letting go. Laying down our burdens, unpacking our baggage, after we learn of who God is and who we are, we come to that place of confessing our sin and our need to be cleansed and washed anew. We can pray this daily, and we also pray it together when we share communion. When we come before him and we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David recognized his need for repentance. We were reminded a few weeks ago that repentance means more than just saying, I'm sorry. But it actually involves a change of direction and going in an opposite way. 
In addition, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, and that literally means a changing of the mind. We don't think about things the same way anymore. God changes our thinking and thus changes our actions and our direction. David's case, he had committed a terrible sin, taking someone else's wife, sleeping with her, getting her pregnant, and then, furthermore, having her husband murdered to try to attempt to cover it all up. But we can hear David's change of heart and mind in the scriptures, especially in Psalm 51, when he writes, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. How many people know that salvation is a heart thing? It's a heart prayer the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Letting go not only means turning to God for salvation, but it also means adhering to his guidance. He tells us to let go of anger and wrath that lead to sin. David writes in Psalm 37, Stop your anger. Turn off your wrath. Don't fret and worry. It only leads to harm. We have seen in our society what kind of actions come from anger. Anger unchecked can give birth to all sorts of trouble. And worry? Well, worry comes from a place that says God is not enough. It's a place we don't need to go. We understand that he made the whole universe. He knit us inside our parents, our mother's womb. And then he has authority over every little tiny cell in our bodies. And yet we don't believe that God can handle our circumstances. Or perhaps we think we are too insignificant for him to be concerned with us. Oh, the blood of Jesus speaks better than that. We devalue the sacrifice of the Son on the cross if we think we are too insignificant. Yes, we are a mere breath. And yes, he is mindful that we are but dust in this world, Psalm 103:14. But we are a dust made in the very image of God. And that image has been breathed into new life by God, a God who so loved this dusty world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Letting go also refers to unhinging ourselves from the ways of the world. When we let go, we lose our old way of life, 
that we may find it new in Christ. We let go of the things that keep us from growing in and serving Christ. We say we renounce, and that means we say we're not going to partner with these things anymore. We're going to let them go. Things like infidelity, pornography, pride, jealousy, gossip, anything that stands against God, we let go of. Anything that's not of him, we let go in the name of Jesus and by his power. We let go of the reins of control of our own lives and turn in surrender to the one whom we can trust. Letting go. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. You see, the heart of prayer is connection to the lifeline. He gives life, and he speaks to us all about our identity and our purpose, which brings us to the fourth L word we find in the Psalms, the aspect of landing. After we lean in and we learn of him and we let go, we can then understand our new position in Christ, where we have landed. God sets our feet on a solid place, a high place. David said in Psalm 42, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He redeems our life from the dark pit. He sets our feet on a rock, the firm foundation, the solid ground that is Christ Jesus Time and time again in the pages of the Psalms, we read of the spoken trust David had of God. He said in Psalm 3, and I have said this with him many times over and over again in trouble, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul, there is no hope for her in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Psalms include heartfelt prayers, proclaiming our purpose and identity. David declares in his famous Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David knew who he was and whose he was. You may be in a dark pit today. But you're in good company because David was in a pit too, and God came through. And there was others in the Bible that were in a pit. Joseph was in a pit. Jonah was in a pit. Jeremiah was in a pit, and God came through. And you may say, Stephanie, how can you be so sure about my pit? I know because Jesus Christ himself was in a pit. He was in a dark tomb. And on the third day, God came through and he raised him up to new life. And if he did that for Jesus, he will do it for you and for me. He brings us up out of the miry clay and he sets our feet on a rock in Jesus Christ, a firm place to stand. That is good news, people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is in this place that we have a new kind of confession, a confession of righteousness, a positive confession of our righteousness in Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. 
He is our hope and our confidence. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. We have looked at leaning. We've looked at learning. We've looked at the need for letting go of our sin and control and landing on the proper place to stand in him. This leads us to our last L, loving. Loving is an all-encompassing word. It's an action word, a verb. It is what God is. God is love as he defines it. God fully embodies love, and as we follow him wholeheartedly, we should too. We often think love is a cushy word, like when one person tells another, I love you. But love is anything but cushy. When Jesus spread his arms out on the cross and died for you and for me, love was not cushy. But it was excruciatingly painful. But he did it because God so loved the world. Here are some thoughts about loving. A life of loving is a life of obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. For some of us, we may not even understand all what God wants for us, but we are accountable for him for what we do understand and what we have heard. Why do we call him Lord? We call him our teacher if we believe that he has something to teach us. But why do we call him Lord if we aren't going to follow through with letting him be the Lord of our lives? Then it's just a word with no meaning. Do you hear the words of Jesus lovingly calling to us? You say you love me but you have not followed my words. You say you love me, but you neglect the poor. You say you love me, but you mistreat your spouse. You say you love me, but you mistreat your children. You say you love me, but you dishonor your parents. You say you love me, but you have not cared for your neighbor, the one who may not look like you, and with whom you may disagree. You say you love me, but you reject authority, including the ones whom I have given to shepherd you. You say you love me, but you hold unforgiveness in your heart toward someone. And I have forgiven you. The Bible says, therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it is sin. Today we can make things right. Today is the day to obey. Loving includes walking in obedience and living a life of holiness. In Christ, this is possible. He gives us the strength and the power to do it. The key is how we choose to respond to him, leaning in toward him, learning from him, letting go of the things that keep him from him, landing on his plan for you and me, and loving him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Even if we have been walking with the Lord for years, 
The trials that we face continually keep us prayerfully leaning in, learning of more revelation truth, letting go of the chains that try to bind us, landing and standing on his promises, and then loving God with a deeper love and in turn loving others. And let us not forget that loving also involves a sacrifice of praise. It's easy to praise God when things are going well, but praising God when it hurts, when you don't feel like coming to church, when you don't feel like coming to him in prayer, when you don't have all the answers, a sacrifice of praise. The Psalms are filled with heartfelt praise and adoration of God coming from all kinds of circumstances. They are full of blessing and thanksgiving. David writes in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And again in Psalm 145, 1, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise you forever and ever. The Psalms go on and on and on about how great God is. And we are blessed to have them, to read them, to ponder, to meditate on them day and night in the pages of the Bible, on note cards as we memorize and study and hide God's word in our heart, on the YouVersion Bible app maybe. And even Amazon's Alexa can help you read the Psalms. She can read them to you, a great way to wake up or to go to bed. So what is God saying to you from the Psalms? Take a moment and think. What would your personal psalm look like if it was written? Would it resemble David's, a man after God's own heart? And more importantly, what are you going to do with the words that you have heard today? In closing, we're going to pray together a prayer found in your bulletin on a little sheet of paper there. Before we pray, think about what God is saying to you personally. Perhaps you're feeling a tugging in your heart or a heaviness or a warmth burning within. Talk to him. And can I just say, if you are here today and you have no desire whatsoever for God or to pray a prayer or to do anything with God, are you willing just to do one thing? Are you willing to ask him for the desire? Do you know that God can do that for you? Scripture says God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He can place those desires in you if you ask him. What we're going to pray together isn't a magic formula. It's a prayer that simply talks to God and responds to the love of Jesus in what can be for you and for me a lifelong relationship starting today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you by faith in Jesus Christ, your Son, and through his shed blood on the cross as just payment for my sins. I confess that I am a sinner and that I believe Jesus Christ died for me and rose again from the grave proving that he's the Son of God. I acknowledge my faith in you and confess Jesus now as my Lord and Savior forever. 
I thank you for reaching out to me in love and for providing a way for people to be forgiven and know you and spend an eternity with you. Help me live out my identity in Christ and to humbly walk in obedience and love to your leadership and commands. Help me take full advantage of the success I've been given through Christ to approach you daily in prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.